0: Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show and welcome Um, broadcasting live as usual for the next episode. I'm going to be reviewing and discussing the new Sopranos prequel film, The Many Saints of Newark. So as I do every episode, I am on live right now. So if you happen to see this, I am broadcasting on the podcast Facebook page, which is Let Me Bend Your Ear I'm also broadcasting live on Twitter. The handle is at Bend Your EarPod. Also on Twitch with the same handle, Bend Your EarPod. Also on the show's YouTube channel, which is Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. I'm about to right now put the link in the chat. So wherever you're watching this live, if you want to join the discussion, uh, you can click on that link at any time and I will see it. And we'll get you on here to talk about uh, the many saints of Newark. Or Any other thing you want to talk about regarding movies. So if we do take a live caller during this segment uh, We can uh, make it open forum or we can talk about what i'm what i'm reviewing so some quick housekeeping we'll get right into the review the Let me bend your ear podcast is a movie podcast. I discuss and review movies new and old that is the tagline of the show Uh, movies have been a passion since i've been a little kid and uh, it's uh, endured with me today and I still love it as much as I did when I was young So if you're looking for a movie podcast if this is your first time checking it out, I hope you enjoy it uh, If you know someone that would love it uh, recommend it, I would really appreciate it You can follow the show on social media The twitter handle again is at That's where I'm at the most. You can reach me there uh, uh, If you follow me, I'll follow back and uh, I interact with a lot of people there and all the movie lovers So that's the best way to get a hold of me. Uh, I am also on instagram same handle bend your ear pod Again, the YouTube channel, if you could subscribe to that, is Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. And if you can like the Facebook page, I'd appreciate it as well. Uh, you can find that under Let Me Bend Your Ear. The email for the show, if you have any suggestions about movies for me to review, the email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I am live now, but obviously this is an audio podcast. So if you do listen to podcasts regularly, you can find this podcast on Spotify or wherever you get podcasts. The show is officially on Spotify. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Podbean, and Amazon Music. So you can find the podcast at any one of those locations. So if you do use an app to listen to this podcast, all you do is click on subscribe, and you'll get notifications when new episodes drop, and you can listen to them at your leisure. Uh, Again, also you can also watch the the videos either live now, of course, or uh, at your leisure as well on YouTube and on Facebook. Also Twitter. All right. Again, the email is bend your podcast at gmail.com. And if you are a regular listener to the podcast, I really appreciate it. I'm always grateful for uh, anyone out there that's listening. Uh, If you can do me a favor, if you are a fan of the podcast, if you can retweet what you see uh, on Twitter, especially I'll retweet new episodes, I'll tweet out. Uh, new episodes, if you can retweet those and like them. Uh, the best way for an independent podcaster like myself to get more listeners is to have people talk about the show, retweet it, um, discuss it with their friends. So if you could do that, I'd appreciate it. The other big thing, if you can do it is if you listen to the show specifically on Apple Podcasts, but if you listen to it on any podcasting app, uh, if you could rate and review it, uh, I would love if you give it five stars, but if you can give a rating and review, this is extremely important. And another good way for the show to get more followers because obviously I'm trying to expand the audience, expand the reach, and expand the interaction between fans of the show and myself. So if you can rate and review, that'd be great. Uh, Like I said, whatever podcasting um, platform you listen to, uh, if you could do that. Now, if you don't use a podcasting platform to listen to the show, uh, you can always go to the website. The show's website is LetMeBendYourEar.com. All the episodes are available there for download at your leisure. So if you don't use a podcasting app you can listen to it right on the website or you can download it and listen to it again at your leisure. Uh, Also, my social media links are there as well. Uh, But like I said, the website is LetMeBendYourEar.com and you can uh, download any of the episodes all the way back to episode one. So again, uh, I appreciate that and I appreciate all the support. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, The the downloads have increased, so I want to continue to do that. So thank you so much. So let's get right into the review. So today, I am going to be reviewing another movie I was very excited uh, to see that was coming out and when it was being made and reading about it. It is The Many the many Saints of Newark. So if you are a fan of The Sopranos, which I include myself, uh, many people that watched it, uh, a classic television series on HBO starring the late James Gandolfini and Edie Falco, um, Stevie Van Zandt, Frank Vincent and I mean the cast is too numerous to to mention. Lorraine Bracco. Uh, they had guest stars at uh, uh, the level of Steve Buscemi, uh, Joe Pantoliano, uh, just great, great actors throughout the show. So, Many Saints of Newark is a prequel film. So, a lot of this, like I said, if you haven't watched the Sopranos, uh, you could obviously still watch this movie uh, because it's 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 setting things up. So you don't really have to have. Uh, any knowledge of the Sopranos, but I can tell you, and just to tease a little bit of the review, it's definitely helpful to have watched the series, uh, and I'll explain more in a moment why. But the this particular story is set in 1967 in Newark, New Jersey. The main character in the sh- in this movie is Dicky Moltisanti. So, for your Sopranos fans, you know him very well. He was never seen in the HBO series, but his his character hung over the series. So, of course, Dickie is uh, Anthony's, or excuse me, not Anthony's, Christopher Moltisanti's father. So, of course, Christopher, brilliantly played by Michael Imperioli in the series. Uh, This is his father. So, of course, um, you never see him in the Soprano series, but this movie basically showcases him and provides the backstory as well as, of course, telling the story of a young to teenage Tony Soprano. So again the movie opens in 1967 and Dickie Maltesante is one of the major players in the DeMeo crime family. Uh so it's the Maldisantes and the Sopranos along with um other uh I've got the name of the third family but uh, those are the three families that are f- featured in this film. And Dickie Maltesante is uh you know a important player in this in the in the gambling and And at the time in the late 60s, really gambling and then dabbling into drugs. So as the movie opens, we see Dickie's character and uh, we get to know about him. His father, played by the great actor Ray Liotta, of course, of Goodfellas fame, is on, plays his father, who has just arrived from Italy with a new young bride. So as the movie opens, Dickie's picking up his father. Uh, They're coming back. He's coming back to America to you know get back into the business he was in italy for quite some time and uh he comes in with his young bride so of course dickie is married as well and you start to get introduced to characters from the series so it's and this is my favorite part of this movie and this is what what uh really makes the movie fun to watch you get you get younger versions of of silvio of um of big Pussy. you also get um younger versions of junior soprano who's who's played by Corey Stoll and he's fantastic. Cause you, you remember the older junior Soprano in the Sopranos TV series, this younger version played by Corey Stoll. He does a great job of, of kind of embodying the character of junior Soprano, which is great. And then you've got the great actress Vera Formiga playing uh, Livia, of course, Tony Soprano's mother. So with her character, obviously you start to see uh, the seeds of the mental illness uh, that uh, really was, a, was, over the series itself so obviously uh the great uh late nancy marchand playing livia uh during the tv series and you and you saw her issues and and the 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 power she had over tony and you see that manifest itself here in this film as well you know tony is is a young kid trying to you know like most kids do normal kids trying to please his mother and and, and failing in every regard and of course his sister janice is there as well and then of course the other character you get to see is uh, Giovanni Johnny Soprano, Tony's dad, played by the great actor John Bernthal uh, from The Punisher and The Walking Dead. So he's always fantastic. So it's great to see him in this role. And uh, so um, Johnny Soprano is, is also of course in the family, but he's kind of in and out of jail. So as the movie opens in 1967, he actually is going to jail and he's sentenced to a four-year sentence so of course uh olivia is is distraught and uh obviously she's she's left alone to raise the two kids but tony sees a mentor in dickie and dickie's very close to tony uh tony's the uh, Dicky's the only one tony will listen to because you see the beginning of kind of the seeds of what tony soprano will become and uh in this film uh the young tony soprano is played Uh, as a teenager by Michael Gandolfini, who is James Gandolfini's son. He does a pretty good job. The Tony Soprano role in this film is a lot smaller because the movie's not about him. Uh, He's there and he's got a lot of scenes, but he's not the star or the centerpiece of this movie. Uh, But uh, the thing about Michael Gandolfini, you can see the resemblance to his dad. So I can see why he was um, uh, cast in the role. So again, it's, um, it's fantastic to see uh, his son kind of played the role, so that that was kind of cool. He does a pretty good job. Um, it's a very close to the best performance, but I think he's modeling his performance uh, with his dad's performance. So if you watch uh, Gandolfini in the Sopranos television series, uh, it was you know contained with rage. It was it was a I mean it was one of the greatest performances in the history of television acting. He was phenomenal, and I think uh, his son kind of gives you a little taste of that. Obviously, it's not going to be the same because this character is way younger. He's 17, 18 years old, uh, early teens to late teens, uh, as the movie portrays him. So obviously it's going to be the seeds of that. Uh, you can see in, in the movie points it out, you know, his, there's a scene where he gets in trouble in school and Livia's got to go get him. And then the guidance counselor, actually it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie is discussing Tony's intelligence and this and based on a personality test his ability to be a leader which of course you smile at what ends up happening with Tony but smart and can be a leader and then of course Livia which you see this later on in the series uh is basically you know poo-pooing all of that and the guidance counselor actually tells uh Livia a story that Michael uh, told her about one of his greatest memories being a time when uh his dad was away in jail and she went into bed with him and read him a story, read him a book that he remembered to this day. And he described it to her as one of the greatest memories that he's ever had. And I think that scene really does a great job in explaining the complicated relationship between Livia and Tony that you see in the series. Because uh, the scene after that's another scene right after that scene where they, uh, that Livia tries to make him a, she makes him a hamburger, which he loves. And the conversation starts like it's going to go in a normal family mother-son bonding moment and it ends up being train wrecked and that was really uh a lot of what you saw in the series it was basically tony trying to please his mother and pretty much failing at every turn to do so uh so again i think scenes like that in the movie were really strong and like i said seeing uh characters when they're younger uh is 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 fun too and most of the actors do a really good job uh the the actor i'm I'm not familiar with the actor that plays the young silvio It, it is funny to see him mimic and it's not, it's a delicate balance because it's, it almost becomes parody of Stephen Van Zandt's portrayal. Cause you know, the mannerisms Van Zandt had, if you watch the sopranos, you know what I'm talking about. You know, how he shakes his head and does his, just the, the Stephen Van Zandtisms of playing Silvio um, is, is done in this movie as well. And, and the actor does a really good job. He, he almost gets it to where it becomes parody, but it's, it, it's, it's right under where it needs to be. It was really good. Uh, so it was great to see. And then you see Polly Walnuts as well uh in there as well you see his particular style and and that's really the best part of the many saints of new York, and that's that's really what i like but before i get into that part of it so there's another major part of this story so as i said the beginning of the movie is set in 1967 and during that time david chase the creator of the sopranos and the writer of this the co-writer of the screenplay uh when he decided to make a prequel to the sopranos he was really he grew up in Newark, New Jersey. So his, he remembers the riots, the race riots of 1967. So he incorporated it into this movie. So in uh, the cast as well as the excellent Leslie Odom jr. If you're not familiar with him, he was uh, um, Sam cook in last night in Miami. And he's also in Hamilton, which I have not seen, but he's excellent in one night in Miami and he's really good here. So Leslie Odom jr. Portrays um, the character, Harold McBrayer. So he is a runner for Dickie Multisanti So he, you know, Gets the money, runs it back to him, and uh, in the beginning of the film, one of the um, the street level dealers that works for him was stiffing him on money. wasn't getting the money because, of course, he's got to kick the money back up to Dicky. And Dicky says, "You need to take care of business, figure it out." So he murders this kid uh, in a recruiter's office, murders him, and uh, feels guilt about it. But you know, he's ambitious. He's trying to move up. So he ultimately ends up leaving because he's wanted for that murder. He ends up leaving town, but ends up coming back without Dicky Moltisanti's knowledge uh, a few years later. So the movie moves forward from 1967 through to about 1971. So it's four years later because Johnny comes back out of jail um, and is back home with the family. Tony is a teenager now. He was a little kid when the movie started. He's probably not a little kid. He was probably like 12, 13 and then now he's, you know, 17, 18 in this movie because he's about to uh, graduate high school. Tony wants to be a football player. But the Harold McBrayer story is the other major part of this movie because what what's woven into the movie is the racial tensions of the time. In in Newark, New Jersey, there was riots, kind of what you saw in the United States in 2020. Uh, but, uh, you know, the riots are a part of it. Part of his growing, you know, obviously part of Harold's journey. He's a, he's a criminal, but he's in the middle of this this racial strife as well. And uh, obviously, you know, mafia members are not exactly uh, very inclusive of race unless they can make money off of them. They don't think very much of uh, of of African-Americans. And obviously there's there's several allusions to uh, obviously African-Americans moving into more um, white areas. It's it's portrayed in this film as well. When Johnny comes home from jail, he's he's disgusted that there is a there's one black neighbor on the street that he lived on. And he's just he's just outraged by, it and it and, and leads to the first fight he has with Libya. Like it's Libya's fault that, that, that black neighbors moved into the neighborhood. So, uh, there's a lot of the black humor in the movie that you see that you saw in the Sopranos, which is what I think set the Sopranos apart too. It's, 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 it's a uh, level of dark humor is really, really good. It. And you see it here in this movie as well. Like I said, uh, a standout performance is a junior Soprano by Corey Stoll. He's, he's great as junior. Um, the poly walnuts you get at the young is pretty funny as well. And uh, of course, Ray Liotta is fantastic. Um, he's, his story kind of, uh, he's not in the entire movie, but his story is important to the movie. Uh, obviously bringing the young bride, uh, from Italy, who's learning English. She's trying to, um, assimilate into the United States as well. So that you get that story as well. She's ambitious. She wants to work, but of course she, she, uh, runs into issues with that as well. And Dicky Moltesante, who's the main character, is played by Alessandro Nivolo. I'm not familiar with his work; I've not seen him in anything else, but he is very good here as as Dicky Moltesante, uh, as the leader. Uh, it's funny because there's a lot of similarities that I saw between his character and the Tony Soprano character in the series. He's uh, he's criminal, and he's not uh, he's not apologetic about it, but he has he has empathy in the sense that he does have a code and he does feel some guilt about some of the things that he's done because he does some pretty terrible things in this movie Two, two in particular. I won't say you can watch the movie that he at least his character seems to have guilt about and tries to assuage that guilt by performing good deeds. Literally, um, he's a he's a coach for a blind kids baseball team where he helps that out. He tries to help somebody and uh, another person, which I, I don't want to give away because it's kind of integral to the plot, but he has guilt about it and is conflicted about it. And it kind of reminded me of Tony Soprano's kind of same thing. Tony Soprano is not a good person, never was a good person, but he was a conflicted individual about what he was doing on a certain level. But at the end of the day, he did what needed to be done. And Dickie's kind of the same kind of character. Uh, there's a great scene when johnny soprano is uh coming home and junior's bringing him back and driving him back and uh johnny basically berates junior to say how come you're not more like Dickie? dicky you know dicky had these bad things happen to him and he takes charge and he does what he needs to be done and you're just basically a wuss and he's just basically berating uh his brother so uh great scenes like that like i said it, it's 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 full of really good performances uh i think the uh the thing for me that's missing from this. And, and it's really, I can't give you a tangible reason. I'm going to recommend the movie. I'll give you my Van Gogh movie um, review in a few minutes, but it, the Sopranos as a television series is super quiet. Cla- it's, it's one of the best series of all time. And if I can give you a, um, uh, a comparison, the Breaking Bad prequel or actually sequel film, not prequel. Let me take that back. So Breaking Bad is probably one of my favorite. It's in the top three TV series of all time. El Camino was the, the film. That was uh, written and directed by the creator Vince Gilligan, and while there were some really good things about the movie, it wasn't. It didn't bring the same intensity and 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 quality as Breaking Bad. It's not a bad movie. It just it's it's tough to you know you don't have Cranston in it, uh, or at least you do well if you've seen it. You have Cranston in it briefly, slice spoiler alert. But it's 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 Jesse's character who's great. You know, Aaron Paul is phenomenal and he's great. And there's some great scenes in El Camino. So it's kind of the same thing with Menace the Saints of Newark. It's it's a hard act to follow the Sopranos. So anything that you're going to be making, whether it would have been a prequel series had Gandolfini survived or this prequel movie that's been released, it's going to be tough to really approach that level of quality consistently Uh, in a movie. It's hard to do. And even when the creator is co-writing it and the director, Alan Taylor, who's directed some of the better episodes of the Soprano series, which is why Chase went to him to direct this movie. Like I said, the movie is good. It's just missing, I don't know, it's missing that that extra oomph. And look, probably it's missing James Gandolfini. Uh, That he was the center of that universe of phenomenal acting, phenomenal writing, phenomenal direction for the sopranos but he was the center of that because I just read the story this week uh Stephen Van Zandt's got a book that he's promoting that's uh about his life and he actually was cast as Tony Soprano originally and then they they changed their mind and ended up going with James Gandolfini which of course Van Zandt's like thank god they did that that was the right decision. Uh Gandolfini's performance in the Sopranos is phenomenal because he does what all good anti-heroes do like for me my my favorite three performers in dramatic television history. And I can name them off the top of my head as simple. James Gandolfini's Tony Soprano, actually four James Gandolfini's Tony Soprano, Dennis Franz, Andy Sipowicz on NYPD blue. And, um, Brian Cranston, breaking bad, Walter White. And then my other one that sometimes I forget is Vic Mackey in the shield played by, uh, Michael Chiklis. Those four are the most phenomenal Performances and actually, the mic and actually, NYPD was first followed by The Shield, even before The Sopranos and before Breaking Bad. But all four of those performances have one thing in common for me they take a character who's despicable, and especially with Tony Soprano, a despicable character with nothing redeeming about him. And because the performer is so charismatic and so magnetic, and the acting is so well done, and the writing is so well executed that you root for that character. I remember watching the last season of Sopranos and rooting for Tony to figure out how to navigate the world closing in around him. And you root for him in the sense that because he, he's not the good guy, but he's the guy you followed his journey through the entire series. And you kind of know you, you go in with your, and that's, what's great about anti-heroes. You go in with your eyes open. You, you have no illusions that this guy is a good guy. And, and actually you try to hope when you see things in the series, when, he does good things. That's kind of, I think the viewer's way of justifying, okay, he's not all bad because he did this, or he did this particularly quote unquote good thing, but you know, deep down, and we all know deep down a character like Tony Soprano has nothing redeeming about him whatsoever, but it's the theme of these mafia movies and TV series, which I think people gravitate to the loyalty, you know, the, your family's the most important thing, except when, they turn their back on you or double cross you then it's not as important but again that's why those performances are brilliant and, it, and it's magnetic and that really is what entire shows like that orbit around so you don't really get that in the many sense of Newark and like I said Alessandro Novola is does a good job as Dicky Moltisanti I think his character is really good I, I don't have an issue with his performance uh, at all it, it, but if Tony if Tony Soprano maybe didn't exist and this was a, the first movie setting up something then maybe I would have a different view but it's tough when you have the sopranos and you have that legendary performance by Gandolfini uh to look at and to compare whether it's fair or not but that, i mean it is a Soprano story so i think it's missing that that last piece that would make this like a classic movie on its own that being said again it's an it's a it's a lot of fun to watch uh and i mean fun by you, if you've invested the time in watching all six seasons of Sopranos, you get the satisfaction of seeing these characters at the beginning, younger versions of themselves as well. And like I said, Tony Soprano is the probably the least fun because, and it's nothing against Gandalf, uh, Michael Gandolfini's performance; it's good. But like I said, he's not actually in the film that much. He's not in there. I thought he would be in it more, um, at least to me. Anyway, it didn't seem like he was in it a lot. But again, I understand that because it's not about Tony Soprano; uh, it's about you know the family and the setup to see what made Tony Soprano who he was. So so if you're expecting Tony Soprano from beginning to end, young, you're not going to get that. You get plenty of scenes with him, and there's some things he does actually that are that are funny in the criminal way that he starts to dabble into getting into trouble that are actually pretty funny. Uh, so that part's entertaining as well. But again, you're missing that Gandolfini performance of James Gandolfini, the, the, like I said, the magnetic of it. Uh, Navola's great as Dickie. And like I said, Corey Stoll, if I had to pick a standout, is great as as junior um Vera Farmiga is good as Livia as well she gets her moments to shine and to kind of set the table for what you know about Livia in the Sopranos television series so I think she's really good as well Burnthal, John Burnthal's good uh like I said great cast uh Ray Liotta is great I mean you I can always I, it's hard for me to not picture him with Goodfellas because that's his you know to me his iconic performance in an iconic film but he's great in here as well uh, as as Dickie's father uh, who, of course, with him has a complicated relationship, which is a theme as well. You know, fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, things like that. So, uh, again, uh, Many Saints of Newark, uh, like I said, I would, I'm would i going to give it a recommendation to watch it, especially if you're a Sopranos fan. You don't have to be a Sopranos fan to, to watch the movie and enjoy it, but you're going to enjoy it a lot more if you've seen the series. So, uh, on my scale of Van Gogh's out of five, I'm giving The Many Saints of Newark three and a half Van Gogh's out of five. So again, uh, you can actually see it in theaters now. It's also streaming on HBO Max. I think they stream it for a couple of weeks. Uh, So if you can't get out to a theater, you can see it right now on HBO Max. So again, The Many Saints of Newark, directed by Alan Taylor, uh, written by David Chase. I give three and a half Van Goghs out of five. So again, thank you for listening to Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Again, this is a movie podcast where I discuss and review movies new and old. And, uh, I hope you enjoy it again. You can find the show on social media at bend your ear pod on Twitter. That's also the handle for Instagram, the YouTube channel. If you can subscribe, that's let me bend your ear podcast. If you can like the Facebook page that is under, let me bend your ear. Uh, the show is also live on Twitch. Um, it's not available archived on Twitch, but the live shows like right now are available. And again, uh, if you ever want to come on live, the link will always be on on my live shows. You can come on, we can talk about the movie I'm reviewing for a particular episode or, We can uh, discuss anything you want about movies. So again, um, if you see my post on Twitter, please share, retweet. Uh, That's a way to help the show grow. And again, if you listen to this podcast on an app, specifically Google Podcasts or, excuse me, Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to it, please rate and review. That's another way you can help the show grow. So I really appreciate that. And again, you can find all of these episodes online on the show's website which is LetMeBendYourEar.com. Again, that's LetMeBendYourEar.com. You can find all the episodes there, download them and listen to them at your leisure. And if you want to email the show, again, the email is BendYourEarPodcast at gmail.com. So again, I want to thank everybody that's watching live and I want to thank everybody that's going to be listening to this later. And uh, I will be seeing you again next week uh, with a new episode and a new review. Have a great week.